Hey Seinfeld fans, we've got lots of really cool things we're planning for Bidwabask in the future. That's right, we're growing and evolving. And to help us in that process, we're asking you to take literally two minutes to answer a really small survey that we've set up. That's right, if you head to the link that's in our show notes of the podcast, we'd really, really appreciate it. We sure would. And uh, thanks so much for your support. And now on to this week's episode. Being president of the condo is not easy. It requires hard work, dedication, and commitment. And unfortunately, he possesses none of these qualities. His administration did excel in one department, the hiring of incompetence. <laughs> That's what you say. <laughs> but we do owe him a debt of gratitude. Because by not fixing the crack in the sidewalk, it put Mrs. Zivin out of commission for a few weeks. But I don't want to be a secondary character. This is another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast where we talk about the greatest sitcom of all time, of course, Seinfeld, and uh, its secondary characters, wonderful characters which have adorned the show and, uh, you know, have really complemented the core four. That's right. Uh, This week we are doing a What's the Deal with episode, so we are talking about one of my favourite characters, and uh, who knows where he'll sit at the end in <laughs> my uh, top ten. You know, I've been thinking about this all week. Anyway, no, you mentioned the character. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, Jack Clompus. Jack Clompus, and the man, the myth, the legend, as I as I mentioned. Clomping at the bit. Clomping at the bit. And this is the penultimate episode of our season four. That's right. So, uh, yes. I, I was thinking all week, Stephen, that, you know, I'm like, surely, you know, Alton Bennis is your boy, right? And he's your number one. Yeah. I'm like, no, surely Clompus... He's not a boy. He's not a boy. He's a man. He's a man. <laughs> he writes erotic fiction. <laughs> yes. He went to Korea as a boy and he came back a man. And they blew his brains out all over the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> they blew his boyhood all over the... Oh, that sounds wrong. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Continue. FBI, Carry on. help. Where you at? Carry on. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> No, that didn't sound good at all. Um, but anyway, yes, Jack Clompus. I was wondering, Stephen, if he's actually knocked Alton Bennis off the number one spot. We'll find I'm, out. Yeah, because I'm thinking there's only like probably one, two, maybe three characters, you know, particularly curmudgeon old dudes who might be able to knock off uh, knock off uh, Alton. So see how it goes. We'll find out in about 40 minutes. Indeed. And uh, as well as uh, Jack Clompus, we're also going to talk about a bit about the uh, actor, the late actor who played him, uh, Sandy Barron. That's right. Very uh, prestigious career. In yeah. film and theatre and television. Yeah, short-lived. Mm. But, um, well, short-lived in terms of his life. He died young. Yeah, uh, in 64. 60s, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, very uh, very prodigious. Mm, prodigious indeed, yes. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, and our website, Steve? Uh, Bidwabask.com. We're also available on every podcast service. If you want to leave us a five-star review, that would be amazing. And we are on Patreon as well, and we have uh, updated our tiers in the last week. Again, for Again. the second time in like three weeks. That's right. So yes. head to uh, patreon.com forward slash Bibblebus to have a look at our new tiers. We've got a $1, $2, and $5 tiers. Uh, we've got $1. Yeah, $1, $2, and a 5 That's, that's right. right. And uh, $1 tier, I won't go into too much detail, but the $1 tier, basically, it, it gives you... Uh, one week's early access to Bidwabask episodes, and that's going to be from season five. That's right. So in a few weeks. Yeah. So this week's episode and uh, ne- next week's season finale, the stock tip, uh, they will be released normally. Uh, but season five, we will be starting to release uh, episodes a week early for Patreon subscribers. Yeah, that's right. And our season finale, which is the stock tip with Seinfeld Law, uh, Zach and Aaron, that's already on Patreon anyway. So that's you true. you can listen to that one. Yeah, so if you want that uh, a week early, go to Patreon and check it out. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash Bidwabasks. And yeah, you can check out the uh, tiers and the rewards and see what if you're interested. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Seinfeld News? Seinfeld News, yes. <laughs> Okay, this week's Seinfeld News, we have four items to go through. So oh, four, okay. Four, yeah, so a good amount. Last okay. week was uh, a couple, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the week before that was like eight. Yeah. So now we're back on, uh, you know, normal grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, to start off, Uproxx, which is a culture website, I believe, they reported through the week that Jason Alexander 
doesn't respond to being called George from Seinfeld. So oh, I don't blame him. You know, he's you know he's basically known as the character of George. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised in the slightest. That's right. Uh, and it's not because of the reason you would think. It's not because he finds it patronising or annoying or anything like that. Um, he said to uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer in an interview recently that. Uh, quote, I don't mind any of it, to tell you the truth. I know that even the can't stand you are held at me with some degree of affection. The only thing is, is if you yell George at me in public in a public place, I probably won't acknowledge it, not because I'm offended, but because on many occasions I have cavalierly turned to acknowledge my praise and kinship, I only find out that the same person is calling out to someone actually named George. <laughs> so, yes, I have embarrassed myself many times. Well, oh, right, so yeah, there's so some people around him named George. Yeah, George, and he is, thinks it's George is a fairly common name. Yeah, of course, and yeah. he thinks it's directed at him. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So if someone's like, hey, George, and he's like, oh, yes. And then he's like, oh, wait, it's uh, that person. Some random there. dude just like walks past. Carry hey, on. Yeah, carry on, yes. Yep. <laughs> you know what? But if someone actually directed George at him, like the actual name, he should probably turn around and say, the jerk's door call. <laughs> They're running out of you. Yeah. And then the other guy turns around and says, but you're their all-time bestseller. <laughs> and the whole public just starts laughing at George, uh, at Jason. At Jason. <laughs> at Jason, yes. His name's Jason, Ivan. <laughs> His name's Jason, yes, indeed. That's right. Uh, next bit of news. Huffington Post uh, put up an article through the week, uh, and it's basically a recipe. It's on how to make the sandwich from the season five premiere episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, the sandwich itself in the show is named uh, in honour of uh, Larry David's favourite deli, which is in real life uh, called Leo's. Um, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's a... Uh, no, that's just a coincidence. Mm. I imagine there's a lot of delis in New York named Leo's. Uh, yeah, Leonardo. Yeah, yeah I'd imagine, yes. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, the Huffington Post have called it Larry David Sandwich, so that's not the official name in the show. They've just called it that, Yeah, uh, which yeah. makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, the sandwich itself contains pickled onions, caper cream cheese, smoked sable, and uh, all on a nice toasted bagel. Oh, so cool. we'll put a link up, and uh, if you want to make that for yourself, uh, it sounds like a delicious breakfast food. Whenever I think of Sable, I think of the wrestler from the Attitude Era. Um, you know, the, the female okay. wrestler Sable. I don't right. know, I just think of Sable. I think of I the think. Uh, the X-Men, Sable. Oh, He's yeah. a cool badass with a sweet gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is Sable? I know it's an animal, but... Uh, didn't we talk about this in another episode? Maybe? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Look that up for me. Sable. Uh, yeah, no, we have. We, we talked about it in uh, The Chicken Roaster. Oh, Sable was we? Sable was the um, type of hat that George purchased. That's the Russian oh, hat, the eight thousand dollar hat. So it's yeah. a type of it's like a ferret or yeah, something. Yeah, like a rat or something. Pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair Pretty enough. Sure. Yeah. That, that it was something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a dog a dog coat pattern, a ferret coat coloring, or. It is also like a breed of rabbit. That's right. There Sable. you go. Yes. Cool. That's where it came from. Didn't realize uh, that it uh, appeared on bagels in New York. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> hats on hats in hats on heads in Russia and uh, meat on bagels in New York. And you know Bob Sacramento at Battery Park, he actually sells one dollar bagels. That's true. Made from Nutria. That's true. <laughs> Not from Sable. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, third bit of news: uh, the upcoming wedding between Gwyneth Paltrow and her fiance Brad Falchuk. Falchuk, F-A-L-C-H-U-K, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Falchuk. Uh, that's happening in a few weeks, and uh, through the week they had their wedding rehearsal dinner at Jerry's Hamptons home. Ah, great. Yeah. So the dinner itself was hosted by Jerry and his wife Jessica. Please tell me Jerry's going to MC the wedding. <laughs> Please. That what's, would be amazing. What's the deal with wording receptions? <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, we'll put a link up to that as well. Um, I did have a look at some of the photos, and uh, as usual, everyone's dressed and uh, <laughs> uh, living lavishly. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the beautiful rich people. So, uh, yeah. And you get to see shots of his house, which is very, very nice. Yeah, very, very fantastic. Yes. No uh, no shots of the, is it nine or $12,000 coffee machine I talked about a few weeks oh, ago? Oh, no, wasn't it 17000 Maybe. It was like the price of a small car. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Architectural Digest had a uh, an article about Jerry's home and, and specifically the homewares in it. Uh, and the main point of the article was to talk about the fact that he has a coffee machine. And it's not even like an amazing uh, like cafe uh, you know, a uh, coffee machine with like three groups and that's yeah, plumbed yeah, yeah, in. It's yeah. just like a, a like a little coffee machine that you would get at Kmart, but obviously it's you know way better. <laughs> of course, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they sell any at Kmart after seventeen thousand dollars. No, no, no. no. I think so. Uh, and the final bit of news to end uh, this week: uh, a auction house in America called RM Sotheby's. They are auctioning off a Porsche GTR three RS four point Okay. Uh, it's being auctioned off on October 27. How much did Jerry pay for it? Uh, I don't know that information. <laughs> I didn't have it in the article. Uh, but as you can assume and as you can guess, the Porsche uh, was owned by Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, was owned, yes. Up until June 2017. Are you uh, sure it wasn't 
Jerry with one R. Jerry, you know, John Voigt. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. Yep, yep. There's a pencil in the glove box. <laughs> with bite marks. <laughs> with bite marks. <laughs> no, the Porsche was owned uh, by Jerry up until June last year, 2017. Uh, it was then sold to a private collector who's now selling it at uh, this auction. Yeah. And because of its former uh, ownership by Jerry, it's ex- and because of the, the collectability of it as well, it's the last GT3 Porsche ever produced. Okay. Um, I don't know much about cars, but yeah, apparently it's have, a bit of a collector's item. I don't know much of an education on German uh, sports cars. No, so, no, no. Yeah. Uh, the when it came out, uh, I think about twelve years ago, the cost price was about two hundred grand, mm-hmm. uh, and because of its former ownership by Jerry and just the collectability of the of the car itself, uh, it's expected to go between eight hundred k and one million dollars at auction. Not bad. So, wouldn't be surprised if it goes over a million dollars. Yeah. Because I remember reporting on a car that Jerry auctioned, or a car that was auctioned last year, I think, that was owned by Jerry, and it got, like, 20% more than what was expected. Yeah. You know, yeah. it might have been 200K they were expecting, oh, geez, but it went no, for, like, I, 250 or something like that. I remember you you did mention that, but I... T- yeah, I can't remember what the car was or how much, but it went more than yeah. what they... Went more for what it went more. It went for more than <laughs> I, what they were expecting. I get what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, no, that was a long time ago. Yeah, last year it, sometime. Yeah. yeah, that's all the sign for news for the week. Very good, Steve. Uh, I reckon we'll just get straight into it, huh? Sounds good. What's the deal with Jack Clompus, Steve? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Morty's arch enemy, or oh, and Helen's to a degree as well. Yeah, uh, especially uh, Jack's wife. That's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Helen can't stand her. The gossiper. Uh, anyway, so we'll talk uh, before we do talk about Jack Clompus. Uh, for every what's the deal with episode, we like to talk about the actor or actress who portrayed the character because we feel that you know there's probably some actors who we've mentioned in the past who may never really get talked about anymore, and we kind of want to come in and, and you know give them a bit of a like an homage or a bit that's, of a, like an honor, like yeah, that's an right. thing. Yeah. yeah. So when we do a normal episode, we always mention who plays the characters, but we just do a brief summary of their career, usually professionally, a few movies or TV shows. But uh, with what's the deals, we always do a bit of a deeper dive mm. uh, into the actor um, and also sort of usually their personal life. You know, just a bit of a, a broader chat about it. That's right. Uh, Sandy Barron, uh, he was born. Sanford Beresofsky, uh, born in Brooklyn, New York, on May 5th, 1936. Uh, raised in Brooklyn's Brownsville's neighbourhood, um, the young Sandy attended public schools and participated in accelerated classes. Uh, a graduate of Brooklyn College, he spent his early years working summers in the Catskill Mountain Resorts uh, that were the breeding grounds of many Jewish comedians. Uh, made his debut in on Broadway uh, in Chin Chin in 1962. Uh, he's also been in many other Broadway productions as well. Um, He's also a musician as well, Steve. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's actually released um, albums. Um, he was a, a Catskill comic and nightclub performer, and he's also helped uh, write music for um, certain artists wow. as well. Yes. He's also appeared uh, on the uh, Michael Douglas show, or the Mike Douglas show, rather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the Merv Griffin show. And the Merv Griffin show, that's right. Uh, he's also played uh, Lenny Bruce in the show Lenny uh, at Hollywood's Aquarius Theatre in 1972. Um, and what else has he done? Jeez, uh, he's been in uh, Woody Allen's Broadway Danny Rose. Uh, he played himself. Uh, and also, of course, as Jack Clompus. That's right. And uh, as a musician, he's actually open for well-known artists like Neil Diamond. Yeah, that's uh, right, yes. Bobby Vinton and Diana Ross. Yeah. Amongst many others. Amongst many others, yes. So he was an accomplished actor, comedian, and uh, musician. Yeah. Very talented man. Yeah, he was like a triple threat. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know if he danced, but uh, yes. Yeah. And Stephen, he was also married uh, three times. Uh, he was first married uh, in 1962 and divorced his first wife in 67. He then got remarried in 1970, divorced in 75. And uh, remarried again in 1976 and divorced in 1980. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. He uh, he didn't have any children during his life, and uh, unfortunately, when he passed, it was because of emphysema. That's correct. Yes, he died of emphysema on January 21, 2001, in a nursing home in uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can pronounce this correctly. Van Nuys. Van Nuys. Thank you. In California, uh, and a memorial celebration was held on July 22nd of the same year at Hollywood's Ivar Theatre. That's right. Hmm. Hmm, interesting life. Yes, very, uh, very talented, and uh, yeah, I think Jack Clompus was his, uh, his defining role, at defining least in the modern role. era. In the modern era, yes, for sure. He's also appeared in uh, the films Sid and Nancy, uh, Leprechaun Two, Motorama, and The Grifters. Actually, I did watch the clip of Leprechaun Two. I think when we did the pen. Oh yeah, because uh, we were talking about Jack Clompus in in that oh, episode, and yeah, we will talk yeah. about that. And a then bit later. Sandy's in that as well. Yeah, That's and right. I think yeah, I think yeah. the Leprechaun. Uh, Oh, what does he do? He he. I, I 
I can't remember if it's Cl- if it's uh, Sandy or another actor, and Sandy's just witnessing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he the the leprechaun makes gold expand in this guy's stomach. Oh right, yes, and yes. Gold coins start coming out of his mouth. We got to put that like clip that. up. Yeah, on, it's, on our socials. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, but it's so good. You know, being <laughs> yeah, yeah, a being a being a B grade. Not even B grade, C or D grade uh, horror film. <laughs> That's right. Really low budget, indeed. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, he's also done a bit of writing, and uh, he's got thirty six acting credits to his name. Hmm. Yeah, the last one was in nineteen ninety eight for the High Low Country. He played henchman. Okay. Yes. There you go. There you go. Rest in peace, man. That's right. Yes. Uh, shall we just talk about Jack Clompus? Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a very short bio, but uh, let's get into the man, the myth, the legend, Jack Clompus. Well, Will he knock Alton Bennis off? The number one spot for Stephen. We're going to find out. Tell you what, let's take a break. And All right, do it. and then we'll get it, we'll get ourselves warmed up. Let's get our Cadillacs revving. Let's get our astronaut pens riding upside down, riding upside down, and uh, our cigars ready. And uh, we'll have a quick our break. windows smashed. Indeed, and uh, we'll talk about Jack Clumpus for what's the deal with Unbidwabask. Folks, Matt McCoy here, aka Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld, and I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. So, one of my favorites, like I said, clomping at the beast. One of your favorites. Oh boy, I hope that's not a spoiler for for something. In uh, the pun that Stacy said last week, the pen ultimate episode. Pen ultimate episode. Yeah, she coined it right at the end of the episode. She did. Great. This week we're talking about Jack Lompus. Yes, and uh, we'll. Dive right in. Yeah, why not? Um, as we mentioned before the break, he was played by Sandy Barron, and he appeared in six episodes. Well, four, two, four of the episodes are actually two-parters. Uh, he yeah. was in the Raincoats Part 1 and 2 and the Cadillac 1 and 2, but I guess they counted as separate episodes. Yeah, six, six individual episodes, but four sort of storylines, I guess. Yeah, that's four right. Stories. Yeah, he also appears in The Pen, which we've covered before. Yes. And uh, his final appearance was in Season 8's The Money. That's right. Jack was a short-tempered resident of the Pines of Mar Gables Phase 2 condos in Florida, and he seemed to have a grudge against Morty Seinfeld. And he was the Condo Association Vice President under him. Uh, he is famous for shouting, ah, while waving his hand, ah, ah, which is often how he'd end an argument with Morty. He carried a space pen, the kind used by astronauts, which could write upside down, as seen in the pen. He shows it around and gives it to Jerry after he compliments it, leading to consternation over whether it was a gift or whether it should have been accepted. Uh, Jack was also the MC of an event that honours the condominium president, and he actually belittles the shit out of Morty. He does. He needs honesty, integrity, and hard work to be president. Morty does not have any <laughs> of these qualities. <laughs> That's what you say. Quiet. <laughs> I love Morty. He just retorts like, "That's what you say." Yeah, it feels like a roast. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, the it roast was like of a roast, Charlie Sheen or something. Yeah, yeah. But it yeah. was just Morty. It was just, I was Morty. just yeah, just Morty being roasted. That's it wasn't right. a, a roast roast. <laughs> so good. I love that. I just love that scene. I love how like Jack just rips shit into Morty. Yeah, and he's just like Morty says like. Take it, I feel like Morty overreact, even though there's obvious bitterness between them. Oh, he Especially didn't get a episode. coke. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't have a coke. He, he didn't have a coke. coke. <laughs> I like when he goes. We'll call it an even twenty dollars, and he's like, 19, nineteen seventy, nineteen forty five, nineteen forty five. Yeah, yeah. During the event, both Morty and Jack get into a fight, which results in Jack's dental plate getting broken. As Jack vows to sue Morty, they continue their argument, and following the incident, uh, Morty and Helen's neighbor Evelyn tells them that she can offer her new her nephew Larry to represent him in the case against Jack, as he's a good lawyer. In the raincoats, uh, Morty asks Jack to reveal, retrieve rather a box of leftover executive raincoats from his garage and send them to him in New York. Because it was locked, Jack broke a window to get in, cutting his hand. He neglects to fix the window, which allows burglars to enter the home and rob them. Uh, when Jerry bought his parents a Cadillac with the money he received for a show uh, in Atlantic City in the Cadillac Part 1, Jack's suspicious of Morty, thinking he stole money from the board of directors at the condominium uh, <laughs> place. Uh, Morty was president of the board, and Jack, among others, voted to impeach him. And in Part 2 of the Cadillac, the impeachment succeeds, uh, because obviously uh, Mabel Choate... The one who gets the rye stolen remembers. turns out he remembers. Uh, yeah, it's funny because when Jack says your old bag, yeah, he's like, I yeah. can't believe you got that old bag's vote. <laughs> and then it just triggers back, a memory. It triggers a memory. Yes, yep. it was. It's him. Yeah, him. <laughs> Give me the marble, you old bag. How? That's one of my favorite How? scenes ever. Yeah, I know. Just my favorite part of that is uh, 
the look on Jerry's face as he's running away. He's just oh, yeah. he's sort of thrilled and panicked and yeah. he's so many emotions all at once and he's just like He's just like there's different facets of him, you yeah. know, in, in that uh, in that thing. Yeah. The fa- his facial expression kind of reminds me of uh, his face in the race. Oh, um, when he wins. Yeah, like cuz he knows that he's cheating to win and yeah. I don't know I guess it would be the same set of feelings no because like, Kramer's car backfires and then Duncan misses the cue and Jerry thinks it's uh, the gun oh that's true that's I guess right, he doesn't yeah. know he's cheating yeah yeah, yeah yeah I don't know but just the facial exp- I guess because you don't see Jerry run that often yeah yeah it just yeah. makes it's like Jerry's running face <laughs> so it turns out Mabel is the, the deciding vote and uh, yeah Morty gets uh, shipped out and he's impeached uh, Herb just misses Morty and swears in Jack as the new condo president as part of the second constitution of the uh, phase in the money, Morty and Helen end up selling the Cadillac to Jack for $6,000 and try to give the money to Jerry, who bought it back from Jack for $14,000. Jack proceeds to crash the car in Alligator Alley as he contacts Jerry about it, uh, about it where he even lost his astronaut pen. After handling the repairs for the Cadillac, Jerry had to sleep in it since Jack wouldn't let him stay over for the night. <laughs> and I love as like a side note how Frank, you know, how Frank and, um, you know, Fra- Frank and... The Costanzas. Yeah. Frank, yeah, Frank and, Estelle. and Estelle. Jeez, my God. That's right. Oh, my. I can't believe I forgot. Frank and Estelle, yes. Uh, so, Frank and Estelle, you know, I love how Frank's walking down the street because they think oh, Florida's perfect. And yeah. then Jerry's sleeping there and they think he's a homeless guy. There's homeless people sleeping in the Cadillac. They urinate. They urinate. That's it. We're going back to Queens. <laughs> We're going no! back to Queens. No! And then no! the episode ends. That's right. I'm so. surprised he doesn't recognize Jerry. Oh, I, mean, I think I think his face was kind of covered. Yeah, true. With the newspaper. True. Yeah. I guess his hair's a bit mussed up. Yeah, a bit mussed up. Yeah. Um. So after handling the repairs for the Cadillac, Jerry had to sleep in it, uh, as I mentioned before. Uh, by the end of the episode, Morty and Helen bring the Cadillac back from Jack. Yes. yes. And then that's uh, the last ever Jack Clompus appearance. Do you notice? I, one thing that that struck me was I don't know if it was to do with Sandy's health at the time or whether he went on a regime or something, but in the pen, he looks. Not rotund, but he's got like a bit of weight on him. He's lost notice. a lot of weight. He loses a lot of weight, especially in the Cadillac. Well, you know, the, like he looks like, even in the money, he looks quite gaunt. Yeah. He? Well, I mean, you know, emphysema being cancer, a lot of people lose weight from it. Yeah, um, that's probably what it was. You know, yeah. and it was it was filmed yeah. four years before he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he had emphysema, or at least the start of emphysema, then maybe, maybe, um, or maybe you know, uh, if his doctor diagnosed him with uh, emphysema, maybe they said lose some weight because it yeah. could improve your health to help help with the breathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but. Yeah. I, you know, they may be, it may be a coincidence, but uh, yeah, I definitely noticed the weight you loss. You noticed that too? Yeah, I just found yeah. it really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he's dropped a lot of kilos, and it's not just a slight weight loss. It's very significant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he looks a bit sicker. In, I mean, you know, he's aged, what, five years between the pen and the money? That's right. Um, you know, and old people seem to age faster than young people. But uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, you can definitely notice that his health is declining. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he was maybe a smoker through his life. Yeah, which I guess we'll talk about him in a second. Um, you know, we'll, we'll go into more detail. I'm about talking Jack. about Sandy. Oh, Sa- oh Sandy yeah. in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure, sure. You know, so, I mean, emphysema is usually linked to smoking. So. Yeah, of course, mm. of course. And Jack's wife, uh, her name was Doris. That's right. The gossiper. Yeah. Yes. All right, here we go. This is what we're famed for, uh, analysing the secondary character. Now, Jack Klompas, Steve, what do you? What's your take on him? Um, Curmudgeon old dude, so he's definitely in your uh, the positive bucket. He's definitely That's in my wheelhouse. Start. That's a good start. For yes. Sure. Uh, I didn't realize what a tight ass he was before this. Oh, very. Yes. You know, like when you watch a lot of Jack Klompas at once, not just not just uh, financially either. He's just a tight ass for things to go his way. Yeah, exactly. He's just, he's just a pedantic, petty old man. And like he'll even skip out on like fifty five cents. Yeah. Know, for a coke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if if I owed someone, if someone owed me four dollars eighty five. I would expect them to just give me a $5 note or buy me something that's equal or similar value. Equal or lesser value. <laughs> yeah, like we've mentioned a few times, we work together yeah. and uh, we go for coffee sometimes if we're uh, working on the same day. Like we did today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, we get different coffees every time and sometimes they're $3.80, sometimes they're $4.10. But it's like, I'll get this coffee, you get the next coffee. I'm not like, well, my coffee was 20 cents more last week, so yeah. you owe me... 20 cents it's just like yeah you got soy milk last week so you know we'll take 50 cents off the order yeah you just yeah. round up round down because <laughs> yeah. it's more at the end of the day it all comes out in the wash and it's all fine it does yeah yeah so in this situation i think morty i, I think i don't think morty should have said oh we'll just call it 20 bucks but i think it would have been reasonable to assume that morty would have just been given 20 bucks yeah um especially because he um uh you know he shouted him so yeah, he's obviously a tight ass. I think he's just a bit of a control freak. He's a control freak, and I think as well because he is a tight ass, as you've as you've attested to. I think he's actually quite wealthy. Okay, you know, I like because there's a lot of like old people 
who sit on their money. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying he's a multimillionaire, but I'm saying he's got a lot of cash. Sure. I reckon he's one of those people who's probably got like maybe a million in the bank, a few hundred grand, you know, whatever in retirement. He's got money. He owns the condo. He probably owns property elsewhere. You know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying he's uber rich, but he's got money. Yep. And I think he's still one of those people who just watches every cent. Yeah. I think he's quite... Just yeah. a penny picture. He, yeah, he lives He lives quite frugally. I bet. I think, yeah, he yeah. does. And I, and I think as well, you know, regarding Jack, I think the most important thing we can talk about is Jack and Morty's rivalry. Like, yeah. how did it come about? Yeah. I think because Morty comes from more of like a working class background. Mm-hmm. And I think because Jack is kind of like self-made, yep. I think they kind of clash okay. in a way. Yeah, it's just something I think that's probably, or maybe they've had like, you know, because Morty, you know, Morty, like uh, like in uh, the pen, you know, how they, they negotiate how much they owe and stuff. Morty's like, he he probably have less money than Jack. Yeah. But he's like, just give me 20 bucks and yeah. and that's that. Yep. You know, I think that's, that's, I think that kind of dichotomy, it's kind of clashes with each other. Like, I think they kind of clash because yeah. of that. Because Morty's more free-spirited not, yeah, not free-spirited but he's just he's more, a bit more relaxed more relaxed whereas even jack, though he's even though he's slightly neurotic as well yeah he is he's yes. not he's not as pedantic as jack yeah well barney martin's portrayal of, of yeah Morty, yes for definitely sure. yeah and i think they clash a lot in that that kind of thing too and i think jack just has it in for morty yeah, yeah probably think, probably since maybe they moved they just, yeah maybe they just don't like each other yeah yeah yep i yeah that's a good point i also think with morty as well because morty's got a strong personality and he doesn't like being controlled or told what to do he's very uh uh, a very stubborn old man and uh you know if jack is a control freak well he is uh i think he's frustrated at morty because he can't control him you know morty's not uncontrollable but he he can't wrap him around his finger yeah you yeah. know morty is sort of his own person and he's stubborn and he's very resistant to being told what to so do he control. needs people wrapped around i to, think so to, to do his dirty bidding for him yeah 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 yep. I get and it. i mean you know when he tries to you know when he just falsely ac- accuses morty of stealing money um you know i think he sees that morty is successful on his own merits so rather than just let him be successful and again another form of control he just makes up shit just yeah. to sort of bring him down yeah you know just to spite him and plus he probably thinks comedians only earn like yeah shit or money yeah you know what i mean yeah whereas jerry got like a big job yeah and even like elaine gets swooed yeah swooned you know what yeah. i mean like even elaine's like oh you make this much money <laughs> <laughs> i like it when uh jerry goes no i don't want to tell you it'll change the friendship and Kramer's like no it won't and then he looks at the check he's like oh i don't think i can be friends with you anymore <laughs> yeah. he changes jerry. in like two seconds <laughs> yeah. it's so good. so funny it does exactly what jerry's afraid of <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but if you found out like say for example you found out that your friend was earning x amount of money would that ever make a difference no with you um like between you and them no, because I'm I I try and be friends with people based on who they are, yeah. not how much money they earn or mm-hmm. what they own or yeah. whatever. Um, if I knew someone and then they got a high paying job or they came into a lot of money and then that changed their personality, maybe, maybe yeah. Um, because it, that the the difference of personality changes our friendship. But if they're the same person and now all of a sudden they're being paid well or they've you know won money or whatever, no, yeah, I'm I'm more about who they are, not what yeah. they have. Cool, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be a surprise if, if I knew, if I didn't know that someone was earning a high amount of money. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people make assumptions based on, you know, where people live and yeah, how they live yeah. and what car they drive, all of the, all of the, the things that people use money for. And yeah. people can go, oh, well, that person probably earns about this much, probably based on their job as well. Like, if my friend was a lawyer, I'd probably go, well, they're probably being paid pretty well. Yeah. But if they were a, I don't know, if they worked at a cafe, I'd probably go, oh, well, they're probably earning this amount of money yeah. roughly. So if I was surprised by someone's income, I, I would generally act surprised, but I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't change what I thought of them. But generally, the, the smart rich ones they don't show their wealth. No, you know, yeah. Like Jack, like I said, I reckon Jack has some wealth. Yeah, I oh, like probably not hundreds of millions, but I reckon he's got a sizable amount. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, if he was a penny pincher. Maybe he didn't have much growing up. Yeah, and it's a bit of a reaction. To you that. know, growing up, he would have been a kid. Yep. Or a teenager during the Great Depression, even like a young adult. Yeah. You know, depending. That's right. So, you know, he had to kind of work hard. He probably went through the war. He's probably a war veteran. Yeah. Perhaps. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but with Jack, it's gone a bit too far where he begrudges people. You know, instead of just accepting that, oh, Jerry's doing well enough or somehow got enough money to buy his father is. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah, no I matter can't, what he does. Yeah. I can't, can't I can't accept that. Um, you know, other people might have as much money or more money than me yeah. or just want to do something nice. And another another thing that he does to um you know to confirm that he's definitely a tight ass or at least a penny pitcher <laughs> yeah. is uh, when Morty Helen and Jerry turn up to the restaurant at six p.m. I think 
Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, and and Jack's like, you know, we can all afford to eat at six p.m. because like, yeah. he's gotten the early bird special. He did, yeah, from between four thirty and six. That's right. Yeah, and I mean, it's a bit of a stereotype that old people go and get the the early bird special. That's right. You know, it's a common thing in movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think Jack would. Uh, I think he'd easily be able to afford to eat at six p.m. Oh, no problem. But you but know, you're because right, he's he's just a because he can save a few bucks, yeah. he'll eat at four thirty p.m. That's right, and that's probably why he's got so much money. He yeah. just saves it. He doesn't spend it. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think, what do you think Jack did throughout his life? What, like, I, I, I couldn't find any clues, like, oh, I, like any, any references I or couldn't anything see anything. Because even when you look in his house, it's just like one room. Yeah. It's like the lounge room. So yeah. There's nothing really, like, on the walls. You no, can there's, tell. there's nothing you can really go, there's, oh, mm, yeah. There's no real backstory to it. Yep. Oh, man. See, I wouldn't be surprised if he was just a, maybe not a tradesperson, but, like, maybe... He managed a factory. I don't think he ever worked in the white collar. Yeah, world. I, I, yeah, I don't think he was like the actual factory worker. He no. was probably like in management, I reckon. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I don't think he was ever a white collar worker. I don't think he was a lawyer no, or, a, no. or a, you know a, a stockbroker or a doctor or something like that. And he's probably not humble enough to have become the factory worker and yep. become the manager. Yeah, I think he he probably knew maybe his parents knew someone or he had connections and he just went straight into management. Yeah, you know because back in the day you didn't really need qualifications. No. To be a manager or, you know, do certain things. You can just, it's who you know or, yeah. you know, if the job's there, take it. That's you know true. Right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, reckon he, I reckon he slipped his way into like a management. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know so do I mean? you think he's a bit of a, bit of a, like a bit of a, like a bit slimy or something? Probably, Or yeah. just took advantage of a situation? Yeah, I reckon he takes advantage of people and I think he yeah. has, he does people to do like his bidding and yep. stuff. So I reckon he probably did that during his career as well. Yep. Makes perfect sense. Just Fair the kind enough. of guy he is. Yeah. He doesn't want to get his hands dirty. Yeah. Yeah. I think he thrives on resentment as well because he, you know, I mean the, the space pen Maybe they were harder to get in the early nineties because they seem to be. I've I've won two of them. <laughs> You've won two from stealing Stella at trivia night. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so yeah. you know, maybe maybe they are hard to get, and I'm just good at winning them or something. I don't know. <laughs> but assuming that they weren't that hard to get in the early nineties, he's so resentful. Like even though he sort of feigns being happy to give Jerry the pen. Yeah. Uh, I think fact, it cut him up. Oh, inside. for sure. Yeah. You know. Um, but then Jerry gives the pen back anyway. Yeah, and he's yeah. He, he happily accepts it. But then he, you know, he's obviously got strong feelings about the pen being given to Jerry and then getting it back. Um, yeah, which again proves that he's sort of petty and a bit pedantic and mm-hmm. a bit of a tight ass just with his possessions. Yeah, I'd, I reckon he'd be the sort of person who would begrudge. You know, if you went on went to his house and said, "Oh, I've got to mow my lawn. Can I borrow your lawnmower for the afternoon?" If my neighbour came to me and said, "Mate, can I borrow your lawnmower?" No problem. Yeah, just you know. All, all good. Just bring it back. No problem. There's no, you know, that's just being neighborly and nice and you borrow stuff and that's all fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he would say yes, but be really, really begrudging about it. Probably you know, wouldn't, Like yeah. he would attach a lot of conditions or to it. Or he'd say fill it up with petrol when you're done or, yeah. you know, do something. No. Yeah. 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 I reckon there'd be conditions. For sure. Yeah. He wouldn't just lend something out out of the kindness of his heart to be neighborly or friendly, mm. even to his friends, you know. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was petty and pedantic towards his wife as well. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure yeah. he, she was subject to a lot of uh, pedantic and petty behaviour. <laughs> Plenty. And I think with Jack, I think his life is just so devoid of, like, purpose in retirement. Mm. I just think he tries to find things to get involved in. Right. And tries to find petty shit. Yep. You know, to try and make his life exciting. Okay. I think in retirement, I don't know what his career would have been like, you know, assuming he was in management. Yeah. But... You know, I think in retirement he's got nothing to do and he's got all this money and he doesn't want to spend it. He's a tight ass. Yep. And he probably just tries to find problems or he tries to find ways to, like, get back at Morty or... Yeah, just to control just, just, his just little to, world. Just, just, just to create things. Yeah. You know, just to do shit. Create purpose and drama. Exactly. And that would tie into him being in some sort of management positions because he's got a fairly authoritative present, presence. Like, he's not shy. He's yeah, very like, yeah. here I am. Yeah. This is what I With think. With his cigar. With his cigar. <laughs> yeah. He's got a very, um, you know, colourful kind of uh, noticeable presence. He's not just in the background. Mm. Uh, yeah, and if he was professionally for 40, 50 years in a, in a situation where he was controlling people, yeah. um, not in a manipulative way, but he was in charge of people and then all of a sudden in retirement he doesn't have that, it makes sense that he would create little mm. dramas and just cause problems just so he can control it because he's yeah. bored, Yeah, you know, because he doesn't have that anymore. Yeah, and, and one thing, actually something, I guess, to validate, you know, his job or what his career was, when Morty says to him, why don't you take a ride in the Cadillac with me? This is when Morty shows Jack the Cadillac 
He goes, mm. I don't want to. And he goes, why not? I've been in the Cadillac hundreds of times. Thousands. Thousands. How, thousands of how, times. How's the thousands? Yeah. How's that possible? Um, I reckon with Jack, he probably owned Cadillacs. Okay. You know, he would have been on the high management money mm. and he would have afforded like 50s Cadillacs and stuff. That's, That's probably why he said, I've been in Cadillacs hundreds of times. Thousands of times. Thousands of times. Maybe he's, well, maybe he's, his dad had one when he was a kid, yep. and then he he loved them so much, and he just bought them because yeah. he could afford it. Yeah, you know, because Jerry says that Morty never was able to afford a Cadillac, and I could imagine, like, I'll Google the price of Cadillacs in the nineteen fifties, you know, but I bet you that they were pretty penny. Yeah, in the day they um, you know, even Morty who was sort of middle class, he wasn't able to afford one. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, so to give you an idea, the price of uh, a Cadillac Coupe de Ville in nineteen fifty two. It cost $2,900 back then. Okay, American. Uh, American, and a convertible ran $3,500. Righto. And yes. how much is that now? Well, let's find out. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, uh, let's see. What's the equivalent? Yeah. Uh, what, what, anyway, what, I find that. Yeah, while yeah, you're looking yeah. that up, I was going to say we've, we've kind of painted him to be a bit joyless and a bit sort of, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't have anything to put his energy into. Yeah. You know, like creatively or productively. I think his only source of joy, other than, you know, being a petty, manipulative man, is uh, cigars. Yeah. You know, and his pen. Yeah. You know, I think they're his only two sources of joy. You know, I'm I'm sure he has, you know, some joy with his wife, but Mm. in terms of possessions or things that he does with his time, I think uh, smoking cigars and, uh, you know, writing with his pen would be two of his only sources of joy. (laughs) Crazy. So, I think I've got the amount here with inflation. Yep. Let's see. I'm on dollartimes.com. Uh, that would equate to about $35,500 today. Okay. In yeah. America. In America. Yeah. About, American dollars, yeah. Which is about 51, 52 grand Australian. Yep. That's right. Yeah, so not cheap. No, not cheap. That's a mid-price car. Yeah. So, Jack would have been able to afford it definitely on his, yeah, on his salary. For yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing to sort of uh, support the idea that he's sort of a joyless man who doesn't find pleasure in many things is the fact that he doesn't even understand why Jerry would want to go scuba diving. So in the pen, Jerry comes back from uh, scuba diving. He's got two black eyes. Mm-hmm. And Jack asks, you know, what happened to you? And uh, and Helen says, oh, you went scuba diving. And Jack's like, why would you want to go scuba diving? What's down there? Yeah. So I think he sees, you know, a lot of people go scuba diving because it's... Uh, I got in a fight with an old lady in the lunchroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a it's a hobby, and yeah, it brings yeah. a lot of people joy. Um, you know, and it's fun. But Jack just doesn't understand it. He's, no, he's he, just so safe. I think yeah. he would. I think he'd. Pr- he's almost like Burns, Mister Burns, in a way. He's just he's happy with the money he has. But Burns is like ultra rich. Oh, for sure. But I'm just saying, like yeah. his mentality with money, yeah. which is he gets he gets more happiness from having the money in his bank than spending it on something that he might enjoy. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, you don't have to like scuba diving, but I think that's just a, an insight into his, why would you do something when you can just save the money and sit at home and, you know, cause problems or mm-hmm. be a little shit? <laughs> so, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Do you have anything else about Klompus? About Klompus? Uh, yeah, like always with these what's the deals, I feel like we need to talk more about them. Yeah. You know, um, I guess, uh, you know, what, what do you think? what do you think he thinks of Jerry? I mean... Do you think Jack likes Jerry? I think he probably feels sorry for Jerry because he has a father like Morty. I mean, yeah. this is just Jack's perspective. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think he doesn't. I mean, he really, really has it in for Morty. Oh, he really does bad. And when he's impeached, like when when Morty's impeached, you can see in Jack's face he's just wrapped. Yeah, because he's now the he's president. One. Yeah, yeah, he's won one over him. Yeah. yeah, look, I think he has mixed feelings for Jerry. I don't think he dislikes him as much as he dislikes Morty. Uh, but I think there is just some inherent dislike just as an extension of his dislike for Morty. It's like, well, you're Jerry's son, so by extension, I have to dislike you too. Yeah, exactly. Even like, if it's not a conscious decision. Even when Jerry has to buy back the Cadillac, yep. you know, for 14 grand, you know, Jack's made a profit of, you know, yep. eight grand. Yep. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, that's that's yeah. right. Yeah, and, and plus Jerry had to front up for the repairs too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he doesn't seem very remorseful when he crashes it no, in the river. No, he doesn't. You know, no. it's like he, he doesn't take any responsibility for it. I love the shot where um, Jerry opens the door and all the water comes out and, and then this fish the just fish are like jumping around. Yeah, it's like, like one fish. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that. I mean, standards of uh, animal uh, welfare on, on sets probably weren't as tight as they are now, but I'm just thinking like that scene is a really quick shot. So maybe, because they're real fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing oh, that... No, it, it was just one fish, one big fish. I think there was two. No, I'm you see sure it was one. one. But no, you see, yeah. It's just one? I thought it was one, yeah. Okay. In the Cadillac. Yeah, anyway. Uh, in the money, yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah. but I'm sure if that fish was uh, suffocated, 
because it was out of water, mm. Peter or someone like that would have been onto them. I think there's... Uh, I read once, you know, um, Faith No More, mm. their music video, Epic, yeah? Uh, and it's got yeah. that fish and it's like floating around. You know that um, one? You know, it's got like it's got the band playing in the background with like lightning, and there's like yeah, know. vaguely. I just, I just, uh, I yeah, can, I can see, I can YouTube see um, Mike out. Patton going, you know, yeah, 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 like in, in his in his shirt, yeah, 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 that's right. And there's like shots of like a fish close up, like breathing, like out of water. Okay, I've heard what happened is they let it out for like twenty seconds at a time. Mm. They did the shots and then put it back in the water. I think that's what happened in this shot. Yeah, where that would have probably just put the fish back. Yeah. in the water like every twenty. Someone would have been just off camera. Yeah, yeah, with the tank. Yeah, and, and then and just, just say cut, throw it back, throw it back yeah. in. And they probably only needed because it's literally only like a shot a two of the second fish. Shot. They probably needed like a few seconds with the yeah. fish. So it was yep. probably like one take. Hmm. You know. Yep. Yeah. More, uh, Jack probably would have uh, kept the fish and cooked them. He's like, <laughs> oh, I don't have to pay for dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can save money uh, on the early bird special. Yeah. <laughs> early bird can have special. two, two the, tomorrow night. Super early bird special. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um, anyway, so Jack, I guess, yeah, tight ass. He's worth more money than we think. Yep. Um, was able to afford Cadillacs. He probably worked in management. Yep. Possibly managing a factory or something like that back in the day or a steel mill or yeah. you know, something like that. He's petty. He's very petty indeed. He's and pedantic. he's got a very gossipy wife as well. Yeah. I think uh, I think he fuels that gossip as well. I think he he loves the fact that she's gossip because it's sort of you know he can you know if if there's stuff going on in her life amongst her friends at the retirement community uh, that he doesn't know about it, but then she comes home and gossips to him about it. I think he thinks, oh, something else I can jump into and call shit about, you know? Yeah, and I think he I think Sandy Barron played him really well. Like, oh, you know, for, sure. for the context of the episode, you know, you don't see Clompus. It's funny because I thought Clompus was in more episodes. Yeah, you know, you think he's in like twenty of them, but. Yep. He only shows up, obviously, when there's Morty and Helen, you know, he shows up. Yeah. But no, I think uh, Sandy Barron was quite good. Yeah, for sure. Really memorable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought he was in more episodes too. I knew he was yeah. only in like five or, or six, but uh, I didn't realize it was, that he was only in technically four episodes, yeah. two two-parters, like we said before. Um, I'm just trying to think what else to talk about. Do you, Actually, one question I did want to ask, do you think he did the right thing by breaking the window with the rock? to get the raincoats up there. Would have you done that? Because obviously, the, you know, because Morty's saying, no, no, the key works. And, and Jack says the key doesn't work. And uh, and he, you know, he used the rock to smash the window to send the raincoats up. Yeah. Do you think, like, would have you done that if you were in that and, situation? Well, and it sucks. Well, before I do get into that, it sucks that he didn't, didn't even do it express. He did mm. a normal delivery because it was $10 cheaper. Again, proving Again, he's a tight proving ass. Proving he's a tight ass, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, What's the difference? What's the difference? Uh, and they're off to Paris the next day. Yeah. It's like, no, can't do it. Um, uh, I wouldn't have smashed a window. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what, what do you do, what do, you do in have, that situation? I, mean, I would have just called Morty and said, look, I'm really sorry. The key doesn't work. Yeah, it literally doesn't work. I can get them to you, but I will have to smash a window. Yeah. And, and gotten his consent. And or, if you said smash the window, yeah, cool, do it. Or call the locksmith. Yeah. And just get Morty on the line. And Morty says, hey, yeah, you're all good. True. Go into the house, cut a new key. But- if he had to call a locksmith, yeah. even though Morty would have paid him back, I think Jack would have been resentful for paying for the locksmith. Yeah, that's true. You know, true, saying, yeah. oh, I'll pay for it now, but when you come back from Paris, fix me up. And it was, something, though- and it was something so dumb. It was like raincoats. It yeah. wasn't like a life-threatening thing. No. You know? No, I wouldn't have smashed a window. Yeah. I would have said, sorry, Morty, can't do it. Well, I would have. I you mean, know? in this day and age, I'd send a text to Morty and go, hey, I really can't <laughs> get in. And then Morty's got his phone like 10 <laughs> inches from his face. Yeah. And he's like, huh. Yep. And you know, you know, you know how- Oh, my I'll- tip calculator beeped. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. That's a text message. <laughs> yeah. He's just got the tip calculator app. <laughs> <laughs> Grinder? What's this? <laughs> Is this like an app to make coffee? <laughs> yes. Put this on my phone. <laughs> Jerry, what is this? Jerry, what's this grinder? Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think Jack got some pleasure out of smashing the window. You know, even though he, he fulfilled uh, the request of sending the, the raincoats up there, I think he would have enjoyed smashing the window. Yeah, he probably did. You oh, know. well, mind you, he cut his hand. Yeah, that's true. You know, you but see, you but see, that was an accident. Oh, yeah, but you see when, when he's talking to, to Morty that he's got, like, the bandage wrapped yeah. around him. Yeah, So he could have used a rock or something, but he used his hand. Well, he did use a rock. Oh, no, he said, no, that's right, he did, but then he got his hand cut. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, yeah, I'm guessing he smashed it and he reached in to unlock it. Yeah, As yeah, he yeah. reached in, he probably uh, cut his hand. I reckon he really enjoyed doing that. I think he did. He was like, there, was yeah. some, there was some pleasure in smashing something that Morty, uh, yeah. Morty owns. And because he was such a tight ass, he didn't get the, the um, window fixed, and then burglars came to rob the house. That's right. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> so the so the Seinfelds lost a lot. Yeah. Because of uh, Jack's. They lost know, their trip to Paris. They yeah. lost their raincoats. And they lost a lot of shit. Well, the house. raincoats weren't specifically Jack's fault. That was the moths. That yeah. was the cabana. The moth. That's right. That was the cabana crap. That's right. Yes, the cabana <laughs> crap. <laughs> the moths. I like uh you know in in on a side note when um in uh the raincoats the raincoats yeah it's like yeah. it's like yeah with Aaron the close talk one of my favorites yeah yeah I like how he um he goes ooh what are these shirts and he goes ah oh, they're part of my springtime cruise collection he just like makes it up on <laughs> yeah. the spot because they were just sold to him by George yeah yeah I mean the moths ruin the raincoats they but do, um yes. or the sale of the raincoats. But uh, yeah, Jack Jack and his tight arseness sort of caused more problems to, to other people. Exactly. Especially Morty. I can't wait till we do the raincoats. It's and the Cadillac. Good. I watched the Cadillac the other day to prepare for this They're episode. both really good episodes. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So good. No, they're both awesome. Uh, yeah, so I think um, he... I think even on some level, even if it wasn't 100% conscious, if he knew what time Morty and Helen were going to Paris, I think maybe even he wanted to post them late just so it was a bit more stressful for them when they got the raincoats. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a tight ass. That's I think that's the number one takeaway that I've realised. Yeah, definitely. He's just a tight ass. Yeah, just he's a, tight, a frugal bastard. Yeah, he's a, that's all he is. But you know how some people can be frugal but still find joy with their money? They're yeah. just like they're just very selective about how they spend or they're just really good at budgeting. I think he's just a real Scrooge. Yeah, I think you so. Know, a Scrooge just, McDuck. Yeah, a penny, a penny pincher. <laughs> yeah. Scrooge McJack. Scrooge McJack. That's right. Scrooge McClump. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that is Jack Clompus. Yes. And that was What's the Deal With, or a special What's the Deal With episode of Bidbubusk. Uh, when we come back, I am curious to find out, does he knock off Alton Bennis? Like, he's not my number one, I can tell you that now. Yep. But for you, I'm... I've got good feelings about Jack. I reckon he's rated quite highly. I can't wait. It'll be exciting. When we come back, we'll talk about or we'll find out where Jack Clompus sits in our top 20 secondary characters of all time and some Seinfeldisms and this week's Seinfeld trivia. We'll be back. I want to buy back the Cadillac. You want to buy it back? Why? You got drugs hidden in the trunk. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, I'll give you 9000 for it. 9000 for a Cadillac? It's got no miles on You bought it for six? You're not me. <laughs> How much do you want for it? The Kelly Blue Book value, $22,000. $14,000. Done. But I get to drive it tomorrow because Doris wants to go to Naples. <laughs> need a bed. Still works. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This week we are talking about Jack Clompus. Oh, we did talk about Jack Clompus. Yeah, that's true. And, and the actor Sandy Barron. That's <laughs> yeah, true. I get what you're trying to say, yes. Um, yeah, so we spoke about Jack Clompus. We, you know, we had a lot of things to say about him. And, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think he was a good character. I, I liked like him. him. Yeah, he's good. And, uh, yeah, surprisingly, only in six episodes of the show, which stunned me. Yeah, that's right. Know, after reading about it. Yep. Crazy. Normally, at this stage during the podcast, we do our top ten lists, and then we end with Seinfeldisms and Seinfeldia. But we thought it would be fun because... Uh, Ivan is very keen to see where Jack Clompus fits in my top ten. Yes. Uh, we'd save that for the very end. Okay, that sounds good. Right at the end. Maybe as the outro music plays out. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. say, he's number, and it just cuts. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know where he sits, you have to subscribe to Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. $100 a month, <laughs> and you'll find out. No, don't do that. I don't think anyone cares that much. No, I don't think so either. Yep. Anyway, all right, let's get into some Seinfeld trivia, shall we? Sounds good. Yep. All right. Today's trivia fact. Michael Richards understood his character from the beginning. Kramer was a guy who could fit into any situation, make it his own, and make it a little funnier. Okay. That's like last week's fact. It was yeah, a Kramer, it was another Kramer Michael fact. Richards one, yes. Mm, fair enough. There we go. Do you have any Seinfeldisms for the week? Uh, again, this is like the third or fourth week in a row where I have nothing, 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 nothing. You had one last week. Oh, yeah, I did. did yeah, I? it was oh, yeah. the uh, the the Barefoot Investor. Oh, yeah. I was listening to that one. Yeah, yeah. of course. But you have been uh, skinned lately, unfortunately. Very skinned. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Jack and his money. Yeah. Very skinned. Tight ass in the Seinfeldisms. <laughs> it's not a tangible thing. <laughs> Seinfeldisms. Yeah, I'm yeah, not you can't, you can't control <laughs> them appearing in your life. Like, you can't not do them. Yeah, that's... Oh, I want soup. There's Malgatani. There's a rye. There's an eight ball jacket. Oh, my God. Stop, stop. <laughs> yes. What's your Seinfeldisms, man? Uh, I have one. So, on the weekend, I was in Wollongong. Yeah. And... Uh, on Saturday night in Wollongong, I was with a couple of friends uh, and I was just sitting drinking a beer in a park and I was just looking around and all of a sudden I saw a sticker uh, on a light pole and the sticker said I-Q-U-E-B-F-E-L-D. I don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it spells. Yeah. Uh, but it was in the Seinfeld font and logo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So 
Uh, I'm guessing it was maybe it's a band or something. It looked like it was just something that just Seinfeld jacked. Seinfeld cover band. They took our idea. <laughs> maybe. Damn it. I don't know. I tried to look it up, but it's I Q U E B, so it's I Iqueb. Uh, Iquebfeld. See what comes up. I it's probably it up. one of those teaser things, you know. I looked it up. Couldn't find anything. Nah. Don't okay. know what it is. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's it a Banksy. Maybe yeah. <laughs> it's like his his commentary on like a postmodern world. Maybe you know who knows. And you know people's aff- affection with uh, like to like nostalgia maybe. and nineties. Yeah, maybe it's like Banksy's living Banksy's in the past take. rather Banksy's than focusing on the yeah, problems of the ba- now. Banksy's take on it. That's what I yeah. reckon it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's what it is. Yeah. I found a Banksy. Nice <laughs> a Banksy Seinfeldism. <laughs> a Banksyism. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what it means. I don't know what relevance it has to Seinfeld, other than the fact that it uh, jacked very shamelessly, but also excellently. <laughs> jacked, 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 jacked their logo. Jacked, jacked, jacked. It, it clompassed their logo <laughs> and font. <laughs> very good. Yes. Very good. Yes. Uh, top ten episodes. Oh yeah. Oh episodes. Yeah. Oh okay. I'll I'll, I'll grab them. I didn't realize because it's a what's the deal with, so I, I didn't have them. Oh, I'll pull them up quick. You say your top ten though. Okay. Uh, they are. From 10 to 1, uh, and this is up until last week when uh, we did the the deal, the deal with Stacey. Uh, 10, the apartment. 9, the bubble boy. 8, the pony remark. 7, the baby shower. 6, the stakeout. 5, the limo. 4, the snooping accountant. 3, the movie. 2, the pen. The pen, yes. 1, the jacket. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, that's loading right now. Okay. <laughs> it's taking a while. Does not compute. Does not compute. Does not compute. Here we go. My top 10. Uh, at number 10, the sniffing accountant. Number 9, the pony remark. Followed by the shower head. Then the Hamptons. The bizarro Jerry. Number 5, the soup Nazi. Followed by the puffy shirt. The outing. The mango. The contest is my number 1. Excellent. Uh, why don't you do your top 10 characters? Oh, it sounds good, yes. At number 10, David Putty. Number 9, Joe the Fruit Store Owner from The Mango. Number 8, Mary Cantati from The Baby Shower. Number 7, Aaron the Close Talker from The Raincoats. Uh, number 6 is Newman, of course. 5 is Bookman. 4, Susan. 3, The Soup Nazi. 2, Frank Costanza. And 1, George Steinbrenner. Unfortunately, Jack Klompas didn't reach my top 20. Okay. He's just missed out. He's a good character, but I, I thought... Before we did this episode, I thought he'd be a shoe in. I was like, surely top five, yep. top four, because I love him. I yeah. loved him at the time. But yeah, watching him again, it's very good, but not quite impactful for me. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, here we go. This is the big finale. Moment so, of truth. Uh, here we go, Steve. Okay. So what have you got? All right. So top 10 characters from 10 to 1. Oh, no. You've got 10. Uh, Where's Clompus? Where's Clompus? 10. Rava from the statue. <sighs> Number nine is Joe from the Mango. And then we've got Harold and Manny from the apartment. And then Susan Ross, uh, and then Sue Ellen Mishke, and then Celia, and then the record store owner from The Old Man, and then Jane from The Hamptons, uh, and then the street toughs, Bob and Cedric from The Soup Nazi, and tied for number one. <laughs> we have Elton Bennis <laughs> from The Jacket, and Jack Klompas, who we've just talked about. I couldn't decide. Are you serious? I couldn't decide. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why it's so funny, but uh, <laughs> Confus is tied with Alton. Yep. Are you shitting me? No, nope, I couldn't decide. Oh my god! I didn't think he'd rate like I was joking that he'd knock off Alton. No. Oh, I knew wow, this that is, this is as big as me voting George Steinbrenner as my number one. This is bigger, so. I reckon. Okay. Anyway, well, well I've been say? I've been talking about how much I've been wanting to do Jack Clompus for. Like a year. I'd do Jack Clompus if he was a real character, a real person. <laughs> take this. <laughs> take my pen. Take, take my pen. <laughs> it not, writes, that not that there's anything wrong with that. It writes upside down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what, what, what's your... Wow, okay, that's that's a shock. Yeah, yes. well, uh, look, I think if Elton Bennis was in more than one episode, he would be a clear number one. Yeah, but yeah. he's in one episode, even though he's... Arguably the main character he makes in that a, episode. Yeah, and he makes a massive impact yeah, in the jacket. But, yeah, and yeah. he was he was you know th- there was a plan for him to be in more episodes, but because uh, Lawrence Tierney was a bit of a bit of a shit, uh, he was you know basically cancelled from the rest of the series. He put a knife on Jerry. Yeah, fuck. I guess I guess calling him being a bit of a shit is playing it down. Yeah, probably yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, so. I mean, he's his one episode for me is just stellar, yeah, yeah, un- yeah. unbeatable, yeah, yeah. you know. But Clompus was in more. He's more of a fleshed out character, but he's um, more of a supporting character. He's more of a supporting yeah, yeah, character. Yeah. Um, and I, there's never a moment of Clompus that I don't like. 
and it, you know, like uh, like you've said many times, and like I've said many times, I love grumpy old bastards that just sort of, uh, you know, they don't really like people, they don't really like the world, they don't really fit in. They're just assholes. Yeah, not many people yeah. like them. Yeah. Um, I don't like those sort of people in real life. No, of but in not. but in in but comedy, in fiction, it's fine. In comedy, I just like old curmudgeonly. Jerks. You've mentioned that several times, probably yeah. since one of our first episodes. Yeah. you mentioned it. You know, and other than Alton, I would argue that Jack is probably the most consistent jerk in the episode as an old bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, like they're all kind of jerks. That's fab. Yeah, that's so, so good, man. I, I thought about it for I'm a wrapped. week. I'm like, I'm oh, should I put him as number one or two? I'm wrapped, but I can't decide. I like them both for many of the same reasons, but I also like them for different reasons. And the first time in our history, we have a tie. Yep, a tied character. Yep. There you go. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad uh, it was I'm so wrapped. funny and surprising oh, to you. I was wrapped. Okay. Because I, I was kidding that he'd knock off Elton Bennett. No, no. Jeez. Well, when when we did the jacket and I thought, Elton Bennett's clear number one for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was thinking, I think we even that episode or like the next episode, we discussed what, you know, sort of like, like rhetorically, like what, you know, who's 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 got the chance to knock off Elton Bennett? And yeah, then exactly. I remembered, oh, wait, Jack Lompus Jack has Lompus a chance. Jack coming up, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. And that, that was like for me too, like, because for a long time, my number one was Frank Costanza. Yep. Right? And I thought... I was like you, and and but the thing is, the difference between Alton and Frank is Frank has been in a lot more episodes than for Alton. sure. And I thought, man, Frank, like no one's going to knock him off. Yep. And then George Steinbrenner, I watched his episodes again, like when we reviewed the Yankees stuff. My God, man, like he wasn't in as many scenes or episodes. He was only in like maybe a couple of scenes, you know, for his episodes at a time, or maybe one on the odd occasion. But shit, man, he had such an him. He was like Alton to me. Yep. Such an impact, and I was like, nah, I can't tie. Like I can't tie them. I have to put George just above. Frank, like Fair just. Enough. Well, like I said, if Alton was in more than one episode, if he was in oh, even two or three episodes, I think, I think he would he'd, be... He'd be a lock. Yeah, a lock I think he would one. be beating Klompus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because he was only in one, uh, he didn't have as much opportunity to show up Klompus because of that. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. Now I'm wrapped. Awesome. Really cool. Yes. Anyway, and that brings to the end of an exciting episode uh, of another episode of Bidwabask. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And you can find us on social media at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. That's right. And we are available on every podcast service. Uh, if you want to leave us a review or tell uh, anyone you think would like us about us, that would be amazing. Yes. And we are on Patreon. So if you want to go to patreon.com forward slash Bibblebus, you can check out all of our new tiers uh, and all of the features that you get for one, two, or five dollars a month. That's depending right. On what you want to give to us, and very good value for the one and two dollar a month. That's right. Uh, and we'd like to thank, um, as we do for our patrons. Uh, we only have one at the moment, at the time of recording. We'd like to thank our two dollar patron, Tim. That's right. For his support. Thank you, Tim. Thank you very much, Tim. Yes. Uh, and one more episode for the season. Well, I mean, we recorded it a few weeks ago, but uh, it is our season finale for our non-Patreon subscribers. Next week, we will be talking about the stock tip with Seinfeld Law. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, uh, Zach and Aaron, that was really good. And uh, yeah, they, they basically, uh, so Seinfeld Law, it's like a legal blog. So they get an episode and then they just write about the, you know, the legal aspects of the episode and what laws may have been broken and what, particularly constitutional law, they focus yeah. on as well. Yeah, that's right. So they'll take an episode and any legal issues that might come up in real life, they'll talk about the legal realities through the prism of that Seinfeld episode. Yeah, that's right. Zach and Aaron, they were great. Um, yeah, it was great to talk to them. Yeah, and, no, uh, they were awesome. Yeah. And if you're a Patreon uh, subscriber now, you can actually listen to that episode right now. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. it's actually going to drop uh, next week. That's right. Uh, to, the, to everyone else. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Go for it. Cool. Thanks again. And, um, well, I guess next week's our official season finale, but this is kind of like our last... Our last recording. ...in the season four production. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for your support. It's been great. Uh, you know, four seasons in, man. I can't believe it. Yeah, and we're only a third of the way through the episode. I know. So Amazing. It's been going for, what, a year and a half we've been recording this? More. And we're, yeah. we're, we're 63 or 64 standard Seinfeld episodes in. Yeah. And there's about 180, just 178 or whatever. So, um, yeah, a lot yeah. more to come. And i got to say, like, you listening to us and supporting us and, you know, reaching out to us via email, social media and stuff, like all the people that have done it, I mean, I can't thank you guys enough. You know, yeah. without you, like, I don't think this podcast can go on. Yeah, no, it means a lot. Um, I mean, we just do it for the love and we just do it because it's fun and we like Seinfeld and we like talking about it. And the fact that anyone, let alone, you know, us enjoy doing it is is an honour, a privilege and just, it means the world. So It does, yeah. It's just amazing. Something to do after work. You know? That's right. Like, it's just, it's yeah, great. It's just a fun hobby. Yeah. Um, so if you have uh, recommended us, if you have reached out, if you have uh, enjoyed what we do, we hope that uh, you'll stick with us. Uh, we'll be back in about six, well, after next week's episode, the official uh, season finale. We'll be taking about a six-week break and we'll be back mid-November for season five yeah. uh, and a lot of awesome things that we've got planning, uh, mm-hmm. we've been planning for a while. Yeah. 
yes. uh, that will be going along with season five. And our season five premiere, I'll mention it now. It's yeah. going to be the Chinese restaurant. That's right. So we're going to start off. We're going to start off with a bang. A classic. With a classic. Yeah, indeed. That's right. Thanks again, guys. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you in a few weeks. I'm off to America for a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm off to Tassie. And uh, I'm going to enjoy not watching Seinfeld just for a little while. Uh, It'll be nice to turn that off for, uh, for a couple of weeks. I'm sure it will. But but it's funny because I'll, I'll be in the heartland of Seinfeld. True. I'll be in like LA and, you know, like where it was filmed and stuff. I'm going to find as many Seinfeldisms as I can. I want a book. Yeah. I'm, gonna get I'm going to write a whole book. And I'll, I want a whole, I'll I want have a whole a Seinfeldisms edited, podcast. Yeah, I'm going to have everything. Yes. Oh, a Seinfeldism podcast. Yes. Well, there's an idea. There's an idea. Yes. Well, uh, that's something that we've, uh, we've been banding about. You know how, um, you know. We've been doing Seinfeldisms basically since day one. Yeah, we thought about turning it into a mini-pod. But we'll uh, figure that out, and uh, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Until then, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you all in a little while. Yeah, have a good one. See you later.